Well, it's great to hear you. Garrett talked to himself. I'm assuming you're the Garrett of the Garrett You Talks to Himself podcast. Welcome to Hugo's Post. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad that we connected. Well, thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, I, you know, I hope that we have a fantastic six hours of recording uh, that people will get <laughs> tired of listening to on a loop. So, fantastic. Now, the, let me set this up for people because the way that you and I connected a few hours ago uh, as far as recording this podcast is you just sent out a bit. You cast a big net out there and you said that you would be happy to be a guest on anybody's show. And so I kind of jumped on that. I sent you a note and by hook or by crook, here we are. Uh, we're recording from different times. And so in, in a sense, we're kind of getting to know each other via Anchor. And so that's very exciting. But, you know, with that being said, maybe you can take a minute or two to A, introduce yourself, B, to tell me a little bit about uh, your podcast, how long you've been doing it. And then we'll just go from there. We'll start chatting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, my name is Garrett. Um, I have been doing the Garrett Talks to Himself podcast for a year and some change. Um, I don't exactly quite remember when I started, but... Uh, March 2018. <laughs> oh, well, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's such a weird thing because I, I had a friend who, who started podcasting and uh, I started listening to his and it kind of put the, the bug in my ear. And I just happened to be looking on my app store once and saw the anchor app and downloaded it. And now here I am a year and a half later and I'm enjoying it. Um, as you said, my show's name is Garrett's talk to talks to himself and it's, it's structured in a way. Um, I give out a rule that I think the world should follow. Um, I talk about something that annoys me. I talk about something media wise that I've, uh, consumed in the past week or so, like either movies, TV, games, things like that. Um, and then, what's the other? It's, yeah, it's such a weird show. I already forgot what the other thing is. Um, well, yeah, from from my understanding, in the little bit that I that you know that I've been listening to, because I've taken some time today to listen to a few episodes and try to get a feel for what it is that you talk about. And what I've gathered is that it's a cornucopia that you you really don't know what's going to be the next topic and, and that's not a negative that's a very much a positive it keeps you on your toes mm -hmm. so it's yeah. hard to pin down but that's a good thing in my opinion yeah oh i guess the other thing is just a, a basic talking point so yeah you're right it is a it, it's a it's sporadic i um i don't really have a focus because it's it's been tough trying to pinpoint something down and i've been really kind of working on on myself lately to see if there's something i can focus you know you know hone my show in on but at the moment the the random talking points is very therapeutic for me which is why i've continued the show this long um it just feels good to get those thoughts out and and kind of you know i'll even listen back to them and and have different feelings about them than when i first put them out into the universe so most certainly and 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 i i agree with you about the therapy therapy component to it i know that during my journey with my own podcast which i've been doing it i think about the same amount of time that you have been uh that i've explored a lot of themes topics foibles challenges um that i'm encountering in my everyday life and by putting them out there to mm. the world i know that it, you know that i am now accountable to the words that i say in in um and post out there. And so it's been a journey of a figuring out who, how I started and how messy and complicated it was for me to find a voice uh, to trying to find different personas. Uh, I, I noticed in one of your episodes, you talked about another podcaster that you liked and that you enjoyed and you listened to and that you were purposely not trying to copy that individual. I forget who the name was, but you made that, comp that, that comment of, listen, I have heroes in podcasting and there's some cues that I get from some other people, but I'm trying to become my own person. And, uh, and, I, and I feel similar to you because I have some, some folks that I feel strongly about. And, uh, and I think that I was trying to do imitations and they didn't quite work out. Uh, and then eventually over time, I've decided I found my own voice and my own style of uh, for better or for worse, because, I mean, audiences are what they are. Sometimes people are listening and sometimes people aren't. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I asked you about when you and I were going back and forth on messages were th three, three, you know, three things that you are passionate about. And among them, you know, you said that you would dabble in photography, that you liked movies, especially uh, horror and comedies, 
Uh, and then I forget what the last one was. But let's start with the photography because I'm curious. When you say you're dabbling with photography, what does that mean? Uh, I had received a digital camera for Christmas about uh, like six years ago. And um, it, it was a, a gift that, that was given to me by my, my ex's family because I had borrowed theirs at one point and I just really enjoyed it. And so they, they bought me this camera. So I started taking, you know, pictures of, of my family at the time and, and things like that. And so what I've done is I have basically self-taught how to use this digital camera um, from, from nothing up until now I have shot some family portraits of other families. Um, I've done some engagement shots. I've done some weddings and I, I haven't fully gotten into it yet just because my life is so busy and whatnot. But at some point I would like to turn this into like a full-time career. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm assuming it's an SLR. It is. Yes. Uh, what brand? Uh, it's a Nikon. Uh, it's the D3200. All right, then we'll get along because I, I, you know, I, uh, that's what I shoot with. Uh, not the exact camera that you have. I think I have a lower rung uh, body. I think mine is, I'd have to look at it, but uh, I have a Nikon as well. I've been using it. Are you, are you working with a stock lens or have you had a chance to purchase any other lenses outside of that? Um, I have the, the stock lens and then the person that um, I, I got my new camera from, um, they had one of the um, – larger lenses with it i think it's the the 80 to 500 mil uh, millimeter lens um so i i work just with those two um i haven't been able to save enough money to get a, a new lens because <laughs> searching for prices on those kind of makes my heart hurt a little bit <laughs> yeah no trust me i i have a small heart attack every single time that my kids because i sometimes i let my kids use my camera i think it's important for them to have access to it for them to start understanding composition to have an eye for things and every now and then when i lend them my camera and they're moving quickly with it um, my heart skips a beat like i said because <laughs> you know one ding once you know uh you could really mess up a, a lens real fast and so i'm oh, very yeah. careful and mighty with it but i still to the point now that um I bought them their own cameras, and so they're borrowing some of my equipment, but I'm still very careful. Oh, now, nice. are, are you editing? What are you editing with? Um, I have the um, the Adobe Cloud like membership thing, so I have, uh, I have Photoshop, and then I have Lightroom, and that, that's the one I've been um, using the most is Lightroom. Okay, and I'm assuming it's a newer version, or, or it's what it has to be the updated version because – it's through the online component, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now, and, and, and equally, I work. I work with two things actually. Um, and I'm not sure how your editing process works, but I work with Lightroom. I've been using that, you know, over the last few years. I use, I started with Photoshop. My father-in-law actually gave me Lightroom as a gift, and I use an old version of that. It's not an. It's not an updated version, but I. But I actually use. Uh, Picasa or Google's uh, photo editing uh, software um, when I'm trying to do something really, really quickly. If I try to do something intricate, that's with the Lightroom. If I'm trying to do something really fast, that's going to be with Picasa. Um, and, and I toggle back and forth between the two because, again, for instance, I take a lot of photography of kids' events, you know, like one of the parents in town. And so typically, well, for instance, coming up, we're going to have our Halloween uh, parades and I'll take 500 shots of all the kids and then I have to upload them to the cloud very quickly because parents wants to see their kids and all that good stuff so mm -hmm. for that I do a very quick uh, Picasa run I kind of delete you know I, uh, files as quickly as possible and then I can ship those out whereas it's with Lightroom that's where I take more time to edit to crop to work on balancing and all that good stuff so that's a big uh, way of saying What's your process like? What is you said that you're photographing different you're photographing different things. Like, what is your editing process like? Um, yeah, it's actually the same as yours. It really depends on on what I'm shooting. So, um, like with with my horde of kids that I have, um, if it's something that I just want to you know get done quick, like you said, if you take you know a bunch of pictures during an event, you just want those you know up and out. So instead of like shooting raw, I'll probably just shoot JPEG and um, send those through. I've used um, uh, Snapseed on my phone and I've just kind of done the little quick 
auto touching up on that, and then I'll send those where I need to go. Um, what does Snapseed the, do? Uh, Snapseed, it's it's I think it's kind of like uh, it almost is like a, an Instagram type type thing, but it's a little more involved. Like you can you can even um, uh, develop the raw photographs on there too. Um, so okay. Kind of change all the compositions and the um, you know light and darken and uh, do all those kind of things. And there's a, a few extra like auto settings that you can do on there too. And it's, it's through Google and it's free and it actually works pretty, pretty well. Um, now, are you doing the thing where you're uploading or using via Bluetooth? Cause I think the newer Nikons have this ability. We're using Bluetooth that you're taking the, the photos that you're taking from your, from, from your SLR. Are they automatically going to your phone or do you go through a process where you upload through a computer so you can edit on the, on the phone? Um, I, the most recent one I did is I, I have a, uh, um, a USB adapter for my phone and then I'll just plug in my, my SD card reader into that and I can just move them right from the, the card to my phone. Oh, interesting. Is that a, a using iPhone or using an Android? Uh, an- Android. I have a, a Google pixel three. Got it. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things. I've actually have a good friend who he shoots. Uh, he's, a, he's a Canon guy, but I know that he has that feature. And, and it's amazing to me, and it's one of my complaints about my Nikon, that I, I bought it. I bought it brand new, and um, I, I was very excited about that Bluetooth feature because I'm, I, I knew that I was going to be able to take photos, and I was going to be able to edit them. I, I thought I was going to be able to re- edit them right on the phone. And for whatever reason, there's a glitch either in the software uh, built into that specific model, I'm pretty sure, that it disabled the Bluetooth component, and now I can't do it. So I have to do everything to USB. Oh, and that's it annoying. Me off. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, don't know, I don't know if you've used that feature. Um, it, it might be, I'm pretty sure in the newer Canons, I hope, it, I mean, the Nikons, it's been fixed. But I know that I'm always jealous of him because by the time that the event is done, I typically have 20 photos that he sent me and, and I have to come home and download and do all of that. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's a pain in the rear. Um, now, you've been invited to photograph weddings yes. and events, you said. Uh, you must, so you must have, a, your friends, family must feel pretty confident in your skill if you're taking care, if you're doing those. Yeah, I've, um, uh, so between that, like even advertising on, on Facebook and stuff too, I've gotten a couple, but uh, yeah, I've, uh, what I've, what I've done is I've really pushed for f- honest feedback from family because I don't want to, you know, pursue this if, if what I'm doing is not, not good enough for, you know, this to be a career. So every time I like do a session, I'll, I'll have my wife look through the pictures with me and, and she'll definitely give me her honest opinion on things. And it's really helped kind of, uh, help me grow as a photographer to be like, okay, next time I won't have them pose this way or I'll have this kind of angle instead of that, because this is what would look better. Um, so it's definitely been a, a learning process, but um, it's, it's really nice when I upload a picture and usually my family's the first ones to look at it, like it and comment uh, and comment on it. So it's like, well, maybe I am doing, doing this the right way. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So if you're doing that, I mean, what is the next step as far as pursuing this as a more serious type of, uh endeavor um i want to i need to build a portfolio basically so what i what i want to do is i want to become more of a um like like weddings and senior photos and things like that like that those are the things i want to do so i need to try to get more more people to try me out and i've i've been reaching out and reaching out and people just don't respond back but um you know and maybe take some extra photography classes so i know how to engage with people better and to kind of look for those extra angles that I, you know, can't seem to think of when I'm, when I'm out and about with everybody. Um, and just keep trying some clever editing. Um, it's amazing going back to like the first time I was taking photos on my own versus the last like family shot that I did. Um, just how much better the pictures look overall. Um, and it's all just been me learning on my own. Now, have you had a chance to look at any, because um, that's one of the things that I do, especially with Lightroom, is that I'll go onto YouTube and such, and I'll just, there's so many fantastic 
videos on there with people that really know their stuff, but they're, they're teaching you tricks and, and uh, about Lightroom that I didn't know before. Have you had a chance to see many of them? I, I've seen a few of them. I, I have a, a guy subscribed um, to, and he posts stuff all the time. Um, I've watched his stuff and he's, his videos are really well put together too. And I, I think I actually used his, his video just fairly recently on this last one that I did just to see if there was a way to like, uh, layer a picture better to to pull in you know stuff from both of them and it actually helped me with with one shot that i that i had gotten so i uh definitely use my references when i'm going through stuff to make sure that the people i'm taking these pictures for get the pictures that they're expecting yeah and, and that's one of the things that always scared me i and obviously as you can tell i have a, a liking to photography um my camera is very dear to me um, but I never pursued it any further than just a hobby because to turn it into like an actual business, um, A, you have to have a really good eye. Also, there's the market. Well, it's like any other business. You have to, you know, treat it as one and develop it by one. And it's hard when you have an artistic mind to also be the business component. Um, it, any entrepreneur or anybody that's going into business for themselves will tell you that. But also one of the anxieties that I have uh, when I've been asked to take photos of birthdays or uh, weddings and stuff like that is that the weight of people's expectations of the photos that they're going to get. And that is something that I have a problem with because these are precious moments. These some, to some degree, you hope that these are once in a lifetime moments. And if you fuck them up, uh, you know, you're going to be in trouble, but obviously again, people are trusting you with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was saying, the, uh, the couple wanted to see some like previews of the pictures that I'd taken while I was, you know, working on them. And so I sent her over one and immediately she was like, I really hope that the rest of these aren't as blurry as this one. And I was like, Oh shit. And, and I went back and looked at the picture and, and uh, what had happened was, is I had a, an attachment on my lens and when it was taking pictures, it was making everything else blurry. Like even like the middle of it wasn't as clear as it was. So I was, frantically on youtube trying to find out ways to take out the um like the blurriness of a picture and i was trying everything and it just wasn't working quite as well but thankfully the rest of the pictures weren't as as bad as that one and and they liked the rest of it but yeah i mean the the pressure of that is enormous when you're like you said this is a once in a lifetime thing for this couple hopefully and you want to make sure that everything works out well so there's a lot of that but once you see the the end result it, it feels really good when they like, you know, are very profusely thanking you for it because you got the moments that they wanted. Definitely. I, again, you know, you're a braver man than I am. Now, <laughs> when it comes to, so th there's things that, you know, your bread and butter kind of stuff, the photography and the, you know, senior shoots and all that good stuff. But when it comes to your own personal eye for things, like what do you gravitate towards? Are you taking panoramas are you taking uh you know do you like boudoir do you what is it that you gravitate towards as far as your own personal photography what do you like uh i i like like architecture and and nature shots i really like trying to go for those um mostly out of focus things with like one one thing that's in focus um like a, either like a a bunch of flowers growing out in the, in the grass or something like that. And then you focus on just that one and the rest of it's blurry or, or like in a, I took a picture recently of our famous Fargo movie theater, like sign that, that people like to take pictures in front of. And I tried to get like a different angle of that. So just kind of those, those kind of uh, wallpaper on your computer, like desktop, those are the kind of shots I want. <laughs> Now, are any of these, are, are you sharing them in any type of social media site, a uh, Flickr or a 500px? Are you you're putting them online for people to see? Are they available? Um, I have my, I have an Instagram that I use um, for my photography, and there's also a Facebook page um, that okay. I post those on. Okay, uh, well, yeah, you I know, think, I don't I know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I was going to say, I think that the Instagram is just oral photography. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I started with Flickr a long, long time ago. I, I am no longer on the site. It's been years since I've done it just because of the, it's always so hard to catch up with people. 
but in 500 px i've used for a little bit but again it's just there's so many photographers and there's so many images to see it's just it becomes overwhelming yeah it's it, it really is and especially like if i'm on on like facebook and someone posts on the the marketplace that they're looking for a photographer the the amount of comments is like in the hundreds of people just like oh try this person try that person and it's it's kind of overwhelming in a way to be like well I don't know how much of a chance I stand if there's 200 people just in this town that want to take your pictures, which is also part of the challenge of wanting to stand out and kind of get those shots that, that are going to be like, Oh, they should really go with this person. Yeah. I, I think to some degree uh, that's where you, you, everybody needs to start looking at, like you said, developing a portfolio, portfolio, but developing it online uh, having, I don't know if it's something where you merge your personal in, uh, Instagram page and start putting in some of your more artistic shots, or if you build one all of its own so that people that are you know in that sphere are looking for it, but it's certainly, there's so much, there's so many photographs and so many photographers out there. The fact that everybody has a camera in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the um, power of, of cameras within phones is so great that it just, it's a flood. And so it's hard to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a nut that I, I'm, you know, I don't have enough time to crack, but <laughs> I, I can see where it would be a challenge for you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So let, you know, so let's, uh, let's pivot from there and let's talk about movies for a sec. Cause that's something that you said that you were interested in. So mm-hmm. and passionate about, okay. So from the, from the standpoint, um, I was thinking about like, what's a new way to ask about film and movies, but ultimately uh, I went with what are your favorite movies, let's say of this year so far, and then we can break it down from there. Oh boy. Um, Kind of think and by the something... way, and by the way, I've already decided what the right answer. So if you say something that I don't like, uh, you're disavowed. But go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no pressure to you, Gary. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's come out this year. This is the problem that I have is um, I used to be so good at keeping up with, with what's new and coming out. And I, I think the only things that I've seen like in theaters this year has just been uh, the few superhero movies that have come out like um, Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. I don't think I've been to the movie theater any other time. Um, so then let's let's just go with those three. If you had to rank them in order, best movie would be? I, I'd have to say Endgame. Uh, I, I think just the, the weight of that movie um, and how well it was it was done, you know, between that one and Infinity War and the other 20, you know, Marvel movies leading up to it. I think it was just the um, a perfect send off for some and a jumping on point for, for the next wave of them. And I don't know, it was just, it was, it was dang near perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that I have, it's an emotional roller coaster and it's meant to be, but to a certain degree, since the, you know what, it's been 10 years of Marvel movies. I remember the first year, that, well, the first Iron Man, and I'm sure you might too, if, if you, because you know, I think we're about the same age, maybe you're a little bit younger. But I remember 10 years or about 10 years ago, going to see the first Iron Man movie and just being like thrilled to have, you know, that as a standalone film, and never even thinking that there would be anything further than that. Had they stopped at that Iron Man, and I, I'm sure there were going to be sequels, but had they stopped there, I still would have been happy. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's also, I believe, if I'm not correct, it, one probably one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, and that's um, The Dark Knight uh, oh. coming out. Yeah. Um, and I will say that they're both fantastic movies. The Dark Knight is probably my favorite between the two. But the the, the fact that they both came around either in the same year or around, or within a year of each other, it was just a fantastic time. So I saw. And like many people, the birth of the of the MCU start, yep. and then over the course of the last ten years, it has also been my thrill to a enjoy them as a fan, uh, to learn the mythos of comic books, which I honestly did not know a lot about Marvel. I'm more of a DC person, and even that, I'm um, a passerby. But get to know a lot of these characters, get to know them in print, get to know them on film, but also the introduction of the of these characters to my children. 
and mm-hmm. having the excitement of being a fan alongside with them and having my kids grow up with them and the excitement of all of us as a family going to the movies with them. That coupled with the fact that, again, I was born in 1977. And, uh, and so I was old enough to have watched uh, The Empire Strikes Back and having that cliffhanger happen and then having to wait years for Return of the Jedi to come out. And, if you, and I talked about this on my podcast before, but that concept of um, what the hell just happened? <laughs> they upended my, the mythology. They upended, you know, what I think who the, all of these characters are. And now I got to wait three fucking years for the next movie to come out. And it was just a mind fuck, right? Mm-hmm. So... Because the, my kids up in a digital age when everything is binge, uh, I don't know, it's not a word, but you can binge on everything. Mm-hmm. They usually don't have having to wait as long as you and I probably did for the next thing. And so even a year's pause between um, Infinity War and Endgame, Coming out of that theater after all the stuff that happened in Infinity War, after that very tough, heartbreaking end of Infinity War, and having my kids crushed but excited and, and happy and all of us having to discuss all of our theories and then having to wait a full year for Endgame, that to me as a dad and as a nerd was priceless. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, I, you know, and I, I hope, I, I think you understand where I'm oh, coming from because yeah, that's, what that, that's what those movies did to me, you know? So, yes, definitely uh, Endgame as far as movies this year, uh, very exciting. I also, the, the thing though is that I think that this year, as far as summer movies were concerned, has been fairly weak. It wasn't as good as last year. Um, for, for us last year, we had the Ant-Man, obviously we had Infinity War. Um, did we have Star Wars last year? I don't recall. Uh, I think um, Solo was last year. Solo was last year. And so there was all these slew of movies that we were watching, kind of preparing for a Jurassic World was last year. And whereas this year, I don't think the entries have been as strong. It, it hasn't really been until Joker now that's coming mm-hmm. out. And the last Star Wars, well, episode nine is coming out that I'm really excited about any other films. Other than that, I haven't really been interested in much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really wanted to see Joker. And, and the same thing, I remember looking through like movies coming out within, I think it was last year. And I was looking, I'm like, this one's out and this one's out and like this one's coming out later. And it's like, I have to go see all these, but um, it's just a, it's hard for me to justify a price going to see a movie um, when I can just wait a few months and just watch it at home in the comfort of my home with my family and not have to, you know, take out a small loan to afford everything. And just trying to find time now, to go to the theater too is, is difficult for me. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bananas now over in North Dakota, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, in North Dakota, like, uh, are, do you have a bevy of theaters that you have an option to go see? Do you have, I mean, how do you live in a big place, a small town? What's the um, word? Well, we, I live in Fargo, so we have, we have a total of like four movie theaters, and one of them is a, is a discount theater. So when the movies come out, like on, on DVD and Blu ray, that's when they, they hit that theater up. Um, Got it. And they're all owned by Marcus. I don't know if that's a, I know that's a, a nationwide thing. I just don't know how all over the nation they are. So Now, I, I call myself a movie fan, a movie buff, maybe. But I will ad- admit that I've never watched Fargo. Um, this worth seeing? Um, it, it's hard for me to judge because I think, I think that's a Coen Brothers movie, right? Yeah, yes. they're I don't know, it's it's kind of an odd odd movie as far as like the the way it's directed and stuff. I've only seen it once and and it was entertaining. I I didn't think it was as fantastic as everyone else says it is, but I don't know, it had its moments, I guess. <laughs> they they're hit and miss with me. Uh there's some things of theirs that I really like. 
uh, like I said, that movie I've tried to watch. I just can't seem to get through it. And so, and then I've, I've, there's been a, there's a show, a very popular show, and I just seem to get it. And I think more than anything, it's just the it the sense of humor, their sense of humor, as far as that story is concerned, in mind they just don't mm-hmm. mesh. Uh, and, and so, it, it, but I apologize that I have not seen the movie based on your little oh, town. Oh, your no, town. That, that's totally fine. Um, I know a lot of people who live here that still haven't seen it because it's a, it's a, a Coen Brothers movie. So there's that. <laughs> okay. So we agreed that uh, Infinity War and Endgame, which to me are, are two movies, are, is, this, is one movie. Yep. But what else do you like? I mean, what are in your top, let's say, three movies all time? Uh, <laughs> so... In, in my top list, I have to have uh, uh, Hot Rod. Uh, that that one's number one, just just like overall of all time. I have a connection with that movie, and I just no matter how many times I see, you know, anything else, that one will just always be number one for me. Um, Got it. Yeah, the, the humor just hit me right, and it no matter how many times I've seen it, everything just makes me laugh the same amount. And then. Boy, I, I think I'd have to put Dark Knight up there too. It's just one of those ones that you can revisit anytime and and it's still enjoyable and you still get, you know, the goosebumps at the at the right moments when like, you know, Batman arrives on screen and and then you see Heath Ledger for the first time and you know, it's just yeah. I'd say th- I'd say those are my those are my three. Hot Rod yeah, and, and then Dark Knight. Uh, See, I should try to have a serious movie in here too, or something. But um... <laughs> no, no, I don't know. See, I, I don't know that that's that's it's 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 something I feel that with some films, with film altogether, it's those are the things that you can go back to. It's comfort food for you know for the eyes. And so, what, if Hot Rod is the, it's your thing and it's a humor, great. If The Dark Knight viscerally it hits you, fantastic. So I don't know that it has to be serious. I think that it just has to be that something that that gets you that says this is Gary. Yeah. See, I'm having having a difficult time coming up with a with a third one. Um Well, as you as as you're thinking of one, let me tell you a okay. little bit about mine. <laughs> Because that would, and maybe sure. it will strike a memory. We talked about the Dark Knight. Um, I, and actually, well, we talked about the Dark Knight. Uh, it, it's impression it made, again, something that just kind of blew me away at the time. Uh, I, I think the world of Christopher Nolan, uh, they've had, there's been very few movies of his that have been, that have not been a hit for me. Uh, Inception, I don't know that I would call it in my top 10, but it's certainly something that I've watched over and over again. And I like The Labyrinth. Um, uh, you know, way that it goes around telling a story. Um, there's also, uh, I love the movie. Um, when, uh, and of course, when the moment I said that I love it, I forget the name of it, but it's Inter- Inter- Interstellar. It, it, I've enjoyed that and watched that many, many times over. 2001, A Space Odyssey is probably one of my favorite books of all time and also one of my favorite movies of all time, I, I, including with Kubrick. I'm going to say that uh, Citizen Kane I love. Uh, it, it, it's not a hot rat, rod, but it's, a, it's a, a silly movie that still gives me a lot of comfort that actually got me through a very painful part of my life. But it is uh, Bring It On. Uh, with the cheerleaders. I love that movie. Uh, Star Wars, um, definitely Return of the Jedi. I'm sorry, no, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and then the other film, um, the, well, A New Hope. So those are among mine. Uh, we were, I was just, because you had just kind of gone through your list, and I was saying that uh, you, know, you really can't go wrong with the, with the, at least the original Star Wars. And then I was going to make a, a small point is that I think I'm one of the, in the minority that, really really enjoyed um ryan johnson's the last jedi but uh that's maybe okay. a podcast for another time <laughs> no i mean well, let, let's talk about it i don't mind being controversial and telling people that they're wrong no uh it, you know it's <laughs> let's talk about it because i am with you i think that that movie in there's fragments that i think are important there are fragments that i think what the heck were you thinking uh, but overall, I, I I think that it's it's one of the most meta movies about Star Wars that has ever been made, 
And so I don't disagree with you. I think it's an interesting movie. It's not a perfect movie by any means of the, uh, the imagination, but I think it's an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and the reason why I have that philosophy about it, it really has to deal, and I don't think we're giving anything away. The movie's been out for a while. But yeah. that it's this concept of, that the movie makes about the Jedi philosophy uh, that you got to burn it down. You got to bring it, you, you, you got to reimagine, you got to restart it, you got to, and, and, in, and in an interesting way, Ryan Johnson did that for the film, for, for the mythos. Uh, you know, people bitch and complain about a movie that I really like, which is episodes, uh, let me see, four, five, six, seven, episode seven. I actually really enjoy uh, episode seven. It's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Uh, from in, in the Star Wars canon. Uh, and, and people will but bitch about it because it's a rethread of A New Hope. So people aren't happy if it's what you got before, even though yeah. it hits the same beats. So then say, well, yeah, I need something new. I need something fresh. And then somebody takes a new leap, uh, takes a leap, makes some tough decisions, decides I'm going to burn this fucker down and I'm going to start with something new. <laughs> and then they bitch and complain that they did that. Yep. And so there's this fragmentation in the fi- fan base. What the fuck do you want? Do you want mm-hmm. what you like and not move forward? Or do you want to be pissed off for a movie, you know, for not, you know, 120 minutes, however the running time is, but have an opportunity to tell new stories. And so there's some, again, parts of the movie that I'm, that I thought, whoa, I, I, I don't get the entire uh, casino component. It's just bananas. Yeah, but, yeah, that part was a little out there. Yeah, um, but the entire exchange with, um, well, that entire exchange with Yoda and, and Obi-Wan, right? This, yes, no, not Obi-Wan, with um, Luke, as far as destroying, you know, the, 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 all the old Jedi ways of thinking and starting mm-hmm. anew. I actually thought that was very interesting. And if you are going to have a new trilogy, it can be a rethread of everything else before, but you do have to a certain create a demar- demarcation line that you can start off from. So that's my yeah. defense for that film. Yeah, I uh, I was totally just into just all the the new stuff happening with it, and and like you said, you know, you I went to go see uh, Force Awakens. I think I saw that one twice in the theater, and I. Yeah, maybe it was three times. I saw that one three times in a the theater, and I don't think I've ever done that with a movie in my entire life. Um, and like you said, it is a rethread of of a new hope, but it it had some new stuff with it, new enough, and all the characters and and like the acting was great. Like it was such a it was a refreshing take on Star Wars that that I think it needed. And then you have the little you know one offs in between, and then Last Jedi came up, and they they like you said they just burned everything down and they they gave you these new things and while you you kind of had your thoughts changed about some characters and and like you said some of the the things that they did were very weird like the the casino part was a little out there um like you said i hope we're not spoiling anything so if if you're listening to this and i spoil it sorry but you've had enough time to watch it the whole leia in space thing like really threw me for a loop I still think about that every once in a while as to why that happened. But uh, I don't know. I, I just, I really, really liked that movie. There was just something about it that just, that just worked for me. And I was very excited when, when that one ended and now I'm looking forward to December. <laughs> so, and so am I. And, and again, if before anybody adds me, I am not a star Wars apologist. I have very, very strong feelings about episodes one, two, and three. Um, to the point of <laughs> there's some parts that I just hate. I hate about those three films. Uh, I wish they were in canon, but there's nothing that I can do about that. So it's not like, oh, I'm a, I'm a defender of all things Star Wars. There's just some. But as far as Return of the Jedi I, or I'm sorry, End of the Jedi or Last Jedi. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a perfect film, but I think there's a lot. There's a lot of goodness there. And again, I'm excited about seeing the end of of this saga and i know that disney paid a heck of a lot of money to to, you know to go off from there so i i I wonder what they would like to do what they're going to do after the fact Mm -hmm. now so we talked about the star wars and and i and we hit some controversial points um what else is it that you're interested you said that you liked horror 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I I have a uh, a movie bucket list that my wife got for Christmas hanging up in our bedroom, and I went and took a look at that just to kind of see what movies we've watched. And there's one on here that's also in my top list that I'm that I hate myself for forgetting, uh, but it's Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay. There you go, Shaun of yeah, the Dead. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is just it's another one of those that I could watch over and over, and it's it's the perfect blend of of zombie movie and, and buddy comedy and uh, you know, the little romance part in there too. And I mean, Edgar Wright is, is a, a great director and, you know, he's got the, the Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost in there who are such a, a good duo in, in the movies that they, they all they've done together. And um, so you're equally ex- excited or happy with, for instance, with Hot Fuzz or uh, what are the other ones? Um, and then uh, uh, World's End. World's End, which is probably yeah. the one that I enjoy the most. But oh, uh, I, I, I think I agree with you on that. I really enjoyed that one. Um, but I, I haven't seen that one as much as, as Shaun of the Dead. So I'll, I'll stick with my Shaun of the Dead, at least for now. But, uh, now with horror, horror, I mean, we're coming up into the Halloween season. So let's say that for your, I, I, I don't know the, the age of your kids. I'm assuming they're, they're younger than mine. But like if you were going to say, all right, these are the quintessential uh, horror movies that you have to see kids, what would it be? Oh, boy. Um, and this is where I get into uh, um, a weird spot because I have yet to see the original of some of these, but... I guess recently I saw the original Friday the 13th. Um, right. I mean, you have to watch that one. Um, maybe Halloween. I don't know. I was kind of underwhelmed with the original one. Um, and maybe that's just my age showing because, you know, I was, I was born in 88. So I'm, I kind of missed all that stuff. And I didn't they were after it. your time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so someone like the, the stiff, you know, cameras and, and the acting and just, you know, I don't know. I kind of like, I, <laughs> here's a controversial take. I think I liked Rob Zombie's Halloween more than the original one, because I feel like a character like Michael Myers kind of needs a backstory instead of just, Hey, I'm stabbing people because I'm stabbing people. Um, gotcha. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about that for, for a bit. <laughs> so uh, you were born in 88, you said? Yeah. Okay, I was born in 77, so you're about 10 years of my junior. Mm-hmm. Um, I, myself, did not grow up watching horror movies. My parents were um, conservative, uh, and they sheltered us from any and all things that they would consider demonic or, you know, violent or anything like that. And so they ruled the TV, and, and we weren't allowed to watch anything that was scary. So I actually watched a lot of these movies after they were already established franchises, mm-hmm. okay? So I guess the reason why I am okay with the originals now is because I am kind of seeing them with my kids. Um, as my kids, you know, get, a, get to be of age where I feel that they're, you know, they're okay to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, if I were to show them the Rob Zombie version, I would have to wait until they're 25. Because he fucking Rob Zombie's fucking intense. Yes, he is. Yeah, and he and he just did a uh, podcast with um, Joe Rogan where he was talking about how bananas that entire experience was. Like, or it was actually House of a Thousand Corpses that he did. But so when you when you watch the original Halloween, yes, it is slow. Yes, there's a a lot of the violence is kind of hidden in shadows because they didn't have the budget to show a lot. Um, there's also for us here in Southern California, like I can walk or I can drive to the Michael Myers house because it was filmed here in South Pasadena. As a matter of fact, my children have a photo. Fo- I have a photo of them at the house where it, you know, the, the, it was Laurie Strode's house holding pumpkins because again, we have them here in California, although That's it was, cool. I think supposed to be in North Dakota. Yeah. And so uh, it's, we live in LA. So we're, you know, we're an entertainment people uh, mm-hmm. city, but so for my kids, I can show it to them and I don't have to worry about them. I mean, they're going to be scared and they're, they're going to be freaked out, but they're not going to be terrified the fuck out of their minds. Right. Right. Where a lot, like, again, Friday the 13th now, it is campy to see. It's silly to see. Uh, 
special effects, my kids know, oh, well, that's just fake. Yes, it's still scary, but they know that they're watching fantasy. Whereas with the newer movies, they up the gore to 20. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's too much. And I couldn't enjoy watching those with my kiddos. And so, again, I, I guess I go back to the fact that I, I'm watching this as a parent. And because I'm chicken shit, I'd rather watch something that isn't going to scare them and isn't going to scare me. Uh, there's a part of the reason why I don't watch any of the Saw movies, for instance. I hate that kind of violence. It, it, it freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't do it. My wife does. She loves them, um, which I'm sure that says that one day I'm going to have an, a, a very bad end uh, <laughs> if I keep up my shenanigans. But, you know, it's, that's, it, that's, that's her thing, and she, and she enjoys it. And she knows if she's going to put that stuff on, then I'll go home and watch, you know, uh, Teletubbies or something. So yeah, it, yeah. it just – and I guess, so I guess that's the reason. But I can totally understand if it's something that you didn't grow up with and you don't have that nostalgia about it then you're probably not going to get it as much. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I tried to give them, give them a fair, a fair shake. Um, like I said, I just watched the original Friday the 13th uh, probably like a month or so ago. I really enjoyed that one. I thought that one was, was well done. And uh, you know, I mean, like you said, the, the deaths are, are pretty cheesy and like the special effects, you can definitely tell that there's, you know, it's it, it, like you said, they, they're, they're dying and, and whatever, but it's not as brutal as like all these remakes and all these newer ones are where they make things look real. So you, you really brought up a good point where, yeah, you could probably watch the original ones with your kids and they'll be terrified, but it's it won't damage them as much as if we watch one of the, the newer versions where, you know, someone's head looks like it's actually removed from their body. <laughs> yeah. See, even that is already, I mean, I'm in my room here by myself with the lights off and, uh, uh, I probably will turn on the light in a few minutes because I'm already freaked, freaked out. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my oldest daughter, she kind of wanted to, you know, watch something a little more scary and and different than because she's been watching like superhero movies with me and stuff like that. So she wanted something different. So um, we started what we watched uh, a Quiet Place together, and I Ooh, thought that okay. was a that was a really good one to kind of introduce her to these you know different types of movies that will kind of tickle that 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 uh i don't know what what the right word is to call it like where you, you get scared you kind of get that adrenaline where it kind of you know revs right. that up a little bit so she really is enjoyed she, that uh, i'm assuming she's somewhere in the in the teens yeah she uh she turned 12 this year gotcha all right well i haven't watched a quiet place that's that's in my queue uh, we did watch bird box Mm-hmm. And and I think that they're I don't they're not similar, but I, I think I get it. And my kids watch Bird Box, and um, and that's again it, I think it does that. It's it's more of a psychological creepiness versus mm-hmm. goriness, uh, which is uh, you know I I rather have them you know mentally to like kind of think about ooh spooky stuff than actually seeing the violence. Yeah. Um. But and, but also again where I live here in, in my little small town of Monrovia the one of the house that's prominent in bird box in the in the bird box movie is one of the houses that literally you know my kids go on runs during their cross country training so it, we they shot part of the movie here in my town and then they okay. shot part of the movie in a town uh, 5 minutes away and so for us it's you know it's become kind of like our claim to fame lately is that we have the bird box house and that's kind of cool uh, yeah, it is. But it's, so that connection to the movie is also kind of neat and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and actually, and, and part of the reason why we do have been watching some of these films is because, well, I'm trying to tr- raise proper nerds here. And the, the popularity of uh, Stranger Things, uh, it, it's something that caught, you know, we got caught up on it too. And I realized that there's a lot of, well there's a lot of callbacks to those old movies mm-hmm. and in a lot of those old old shows and so that's part of the reason why we've gone back and revisited the, a lot of different you know 1980s films uh so that they kind of get they're in the well they get the, the the jokes they get the references uh and so it's not just nostalgia but for a certain degree make the story more interesting for them and it, and so we've gone back and like we were watching the lost boys just a few days ago uh, my son has watched uh, 
um, what is uh, Kubrick's movie, um, The Shining, The Shining, um, a few, you know, with me so you can get some of those references. So you get some of that Stephen King stuff. Um, again, they make callbacks to like the Ghostbusters and uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and all those films. And so for me, it's been an also a, a really great way to introduce them to the things that were so interesting to me back in the 1980s. Where, where, where was the last thing I, I think? Because I was, I was pontificating there for a second. Yeah, and then uh, I said that she had, because I had caught up with Stranger Things as soon as it aired. I, I think I binged that first season in like a day and I just kept up with it as it went until this last one. And she played catch up and then we watched like the last like two or three episodes together just to just to kind of have that as a bonding thing. So it was it was at that point she wanted to kind of watch the scarier things because she thought that the last season of Stranger Things was was pretty intense as far as the uh, the creature in it and, and how it behaved. So. Well, I, we haven't finished it yet. The last season we're at season. I think it's season three now. We haven't finished it because okay. there's so many. So there's so many things, but I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, again, that's the reason why we've been introducing a lot of these 1980s movies into our, you know, into our repertoire, especially as we're coming into October so that it makes sense. Yeah. So, it, so that they get what's going on there. Um, fantastic. Okay. So now we covered the movies. We covered, and we, we talked a little bit about the comedies. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, as far as family life, you said that you have, uh, you have two kids, three kids, seven kids. I have a, I have a total of five kids. Oh um, my word. Yeah. Uh, all girls. Oh my word. <laughs> um, I had three from my first marriage. Okay. And then uh, when I, when I met my, my wife now, um, she had a child and then she was pregnant with her other one. And uh, so I've basically been been with her, you know, since that baby was was born up until, you know, now and forever, hopefully. Um, So five girls ages from the oldest is 12 and the youngest is uh, four. Well, you have your hands cut out for you, my friend. Like, uh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, And you're, you're moving slowly into the teenage years, huh? Yes, very, very slowly. So, um. I, I see my kids, you know, with, with the divorce and everything, I see them uh, every other weekend and a couple of times, you know, during the week. So I don't get as much time with them as I, as I wish I did, but uh, try to capitalize on when I do have them. So. Yeah, most certainly. And so you have been with your current wife for how long? Uh, it'll be um, five years in January will be like the, the official day. So. Yeah. Did, now. Yeah. January 1st will be five years total. So what are her thoughts on your podcast and does she listen to your show? <laughs> no, she has not. Um, she, so her, her thought is, is that, um, that I have like this complete other life that she's not part of. And I, yeah. yeah. And I, and I've told her, I'm like, you know, I have this show that I've been doing for a while and, you know, I've encouraged her to listen to it and kind of give me her thoughts. And she said, she's, She's going to at some point, but uh, um, she usually finds herself occupying her time with like, um, like if she's at work, she'll like watch Netflix if she has no one at her job or she'll do crafty stuff or, or things like that. So I'm not, I'm not pushy with it, but I've definitely invited her to, to, um, to listen to it. Would she ever come on? Yes, I, I did tell her at some point that I am going to have her be a guest on the show, and she said she was okay with that. So, Okay, good. Because that's one of the things that I found is that oftentimes, because my podcast is revolves around my life and the vignettes and the little things that happen to me throughout um, everyday you know, stuff, that my, I talk about my wife a great deal. And, you know, it expands all the way from child to breakups that we or a breakup that we had some time ago so it encompasses all and then after a while i got to thinking well nobody has ever heard of her so i could be making her making her up and nobody would know any better (laughs) Um, and so i decided to ask her and she came on it took it required a little bit of whiskey but uh, she finally (laughs) acquiesced to come on and uh and then i told her that she was never allowed to come back because she sounded a lot wittier and smarter than I did, and I don't need that kind of fucking competition. So she's banned from the show. But I think at least once you should you should invite her on. I think it's important. 
yeah, I've, I've definitely told her that she needs to do at least an episode with me because um, she's got some fun stories and, and she's a great storyteller. And, um, you know, like when we're when we're having our our time alone together, like if we're just sitting watching a show or whatever, you know, we we play off each other very well. And I think it would uh, it would make for a, a very fun episode of, of a show. Now, where is she and the rest of the clan in relations to you at the moment? Are they out there watching TV on their own? Are everybody scattered to the winds? Uh, where's, where's everybody in North Dakota, which I'm assuming from everything that I know on television and, and movies, is probably about th- uh, 35 below uh, and everybody's <laughs> wearing parkas. Uh, as of right now, I think it's like 50 degrees outside. There is a, uh, a snowstorm coming that's supposed to hit on Thursday or Friday. Um, so, so right now my, my three girls are with their mom for the night. Um, Mm -hmm. my wife is, is at work. She's a a blackjack dealer. So she's, she'll be, you know, done around like 11 or 12, whatever bar closes. And then, uh, I'm home with her two kids while they sleep. So I'm the only one. Blackjack dealer. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, that's, that's interesting. How long has she been doing that? Uh, she's been doing that for. Uh, three years now, I think. Oh my word! Wow. Yeah. Um, her her sister worked as a blackjack dealer and got her the job, and she had never done this before. And after she, you know, learned properly how to deal the cards and do all the the shuffling and whatnot, she absolutely enjoys this job and all the people that she gets to meet. And um, you know, she depending on on the nights, she brings home a good haul. So. Well, you got to like that. Now, 50 degrees, is that, is that cold? Is that comfortable? Um, what is that? It's a little on the, on the chillier side, but, uh, you know, like a long sleeve shirt and, and, you know, like jeans or whatever is probably enough just to withstand that. See, I'm glad to hear you say that because it is probably about... I don't know. I, I don't have my app on me, but it's probably about 65, 68 degrees here in Southern California. And that's chilly to me because we're pussies here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's one of those crazy parts. My, my father-in-law, actually, my, my, mother, my in-laws live up in Alaska and where they have real weather. And often when, whenever they come down and visit us here, they are, you know, just hot and bothered when it gets over 77 degrees, yep. 80 degrees is crazy to them. And, uh, and, and on the flip side, anytime that it gets under 65 degrees, you would have thought that we were living in a blizzard time, at least with me, I'm Latino, we're warm weather people. <laughs> and, and so it's always interesting to me just how, uh, you know, that kind of culture shock that you get or temperature shock that you get from people living in different parts of the country. Yeah, when it uh, when it gets like that 70, 80 degrees here, and usually the with that comes the like ninety percent humidity. I would just rather die, I think, than than have to live <laughs> than have to live through that here. Because the minute I start sweating, it's just game over. Just I'm I'm done. I, I can't do it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we are in our fall weather here, and today I think we hit ninety five degrees. Oof. Um, yeah, that's, and that's too and. Much. Yes, and I coach. Uh, I coach basketball. I coach uh, volleyball at our local school here. And so, to be in a hot gym when it's ninety-five degree, ninety-five degrees, if not hotter than that, I will tell you it's not comfortable. You would probably melt. Oh yeah, uh, I, would, I would not be there. <laughs> well, we, we'll invite you over when we, when we do hit nice weather. I think we have about three weeks there when it's about fifty-five degrees. So we'll make sure to invite you during that window. Perfect. I will start saving up. <laughs> fantastic. Garrett, I have had a fantastic time talking to you. It's going to be interesting editing this show because we did have those those breaks, but uh, I had a fantastic time. I hope that you did too. Maybe oh, you can take a second. And, and and I hope that we can do it again. You've been a pal and, and it's fantastic to catch to actually talk to you in real life and, and to, to always meet a good Twitter friend. Again, if you could remind us the name of your podcast. Um, if you want to share your Instagram so that people can see your photography, that would be great. And any other parting words? Sure. Um, so like I'm, I'm on the anchor network, uh, Garrett talks to himself. Um, it's just, uh, it's just a fun show. So, um, I'm, I beg for, uh, listener interaction on there. I, I usually bring up like a talking point or an opinion and, um, 
you know, I, I want your voice clips um, to you and to anybody. So um, go ahead and find me on there or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, my, if you want to check out those, those pictures I do, my Instagram is O D L E photography. Um, I hope that's the right one. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't use Instagram that much as far as like what my name is. So hopefully it's that if not, I'll, okay. I'll send you what the right one is. Um, and I guess, yeah, other than that, uh, it's been an absolute fun time talking tonight and, uh, um, wish you well on your, on your podcast journey that, that you're taking as you know, with me through anchor. And, um, I, I love the networks that we've, that we've discovered together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun being a podcaster, seeing all these, you know, people who do these, you know, infinite different shows just come together with this one thing that we host stuff and, and we kind of got each other's back. Most definitely. I will have links to your show and, and, and your Instagram on my show notes. Garrett, thank you so much. Have yourself a good night. I really appreciate it. Take care. You too. Thank you. Peace.